Welcome into episode 55 of the Just Talk Pod with George Arjur. I'm your host. Today is Twitter Friday. As usual, we go through Twitter, find our favorite tweets, dissect them, talk about them, mention them. We always open up with a rant. Got two of them today. Always fun. And then at the end, we got our closing remarks. I hope you all enjoy this episode. This episode is always brought to you by The Sports on Tap. That's www.thesportsontap.com. Also, make sure you follow the rest of our podcast, especially me and my brother, the That Being Said podcast, where you can find just by typing Sports on Tap on your favorite podcast listening application. As always, this episode is brought to you by thesportsontap.com. And before this episode gets started, we're going to have a quick word from one of our sponsors. All right, here we are, episode 55 of the Just Talk podcast with George Jarjour. If you heard the intro, you know what today is. Today is Twitter Fridays. Once again, for those, this is only the second Twitter Friday, so I will uh, give you a little update on that. I go through Twitter. I find a bunch of tweets I find interesting, fun, talking points, mention them. I'll tag you on the show. Something I really like to do. So couple things here. Twitter Friday always starts with a really quick rant. I got two of them today for uh, for everyone at home, and they're both about one minute long, quick rants, and then we get into the Twitter Friday where we go through all the tweets. So without further ado, my first rant is on Adam Silver again and Kyrie Irving and the whole entire player association that doesn't want to play basketball. To me, this makes zero sense. The NBA as I've been calling for for a while, that Adam Silver is the most overrated commissioner in all of pro sports. And people keep calling me crazy for saying that but because the media loves Adam Silver. But in reality, he doesn't do anything. He just does whatever the players want. He's a little puppet. And he really hasn't moved the needle much for the NBA. If it wasn't for LeBron James and the Warriors dynasty, the NBA would probably be struggling quite a bit right now. Instead, Donald's, uh, Donald Adam Silver came into the NBA and you know was blessed with LeBron James and Steph Curry and the Warriors dynasty. And that gave him a lot of leverage and LeBron James being on the heat in general. To Donald Sterling, a lot of people are like, oh, but he took care of Donald Sterling. Well, and I mean, man, David Stern was looking to find a way to fire Donald Sterling and make him sell the team for years. And it just happened to coincide with him being caught on tape. They caught him red-handed, and it was a layup for Adam Silver, and he made the layup more power to him. But this whole entire situation with the NBA players saying they're going to come back, and they're not going to come back, and then I'm not sure if they're coming back, and it's they're right. It seems like what happened here was the Players Association, the team reps all voted, came together and voted for it without consulting the rest of the league, and then a bunch of players were like side-swiped, like, wait a second, the country might be opened up by July 31st, college football might be playing with fans by September 1st, the NFL might be playing with fans by the second week of September. Why are you sending us to a bubble city? And how good is this bubble city really? Really, The Disney employees don't have to be quarantined, but we have to be quarantined. We have to be without our family. And yeah, I know they get paid a bunch of money, but this is just a botched job by Adam Silver, and I don't care what anyone says. You can keep harping at me like, oh, you don't understand, man, Adam. So, like, no, I understand. 
just because the media harps that Adam Silver is a great commissioner. He seems like a great guy, but he's not that good of a commissioner. Plain and simple. I just don't find Adam Silver is fine. I call him the most overrated commissioner in all sports, not the worst commissioner in all in all sports. Because he's not bad. Adam Silver is not a bad commissioner. He just hasn't done anything ex, you know, exceptionally well or exceptionally remarkable. And I'm going to call him out on that. Plain and simple. Now, for my second rant. NASCAR got rid of a Confederate flag. And you got two sides here. You got one side where everyone's freaking out and saying, how is people really want the Confederate flag? And we got the other side here that says, oh, I want to keep the Confederate flag. Look, NASCAR guy who wants the Confederate flag being flown across NASCAR and put on cars, you're wrong. <laughs> you call it American and you are saying, I'm a patriot. I want the, the Confederate flag. Well, that's not patriotism. The Confederate Army lost. They lost. So you can't just fly the flag. It doesn't mean anything. I am not understanding. People are like, oh, there's a different meaning. It doesn't mean racism. I honestly, I haven't really looked up the Confederate flag that often to tell you what it really means. But I can tell you this. They lost the Civil War. And I don't see other countries have a set, you know, part of their society wants to make their own country. And all of a sudden they lose and they're flying that flag. And the rest of a country is like clapping and saying bravo. You lost the war. Get that flag out of here and stop being so attached to it. It's hypocrisy. It's such. It's so hypocr hypocritical. This is very, very hypocritical by the people who are in NASCAR, the NASCAR fans. I'm not a NASCAR guy, but all these guys, they want the Confederate flag still up. It makes no sense to me. They're mad on this other side where they're like, oh, I want to change America. I want to make change. Like, oh, you can't change America. And they're like, I want to get rid of the Confederate flag. You don't know what that means. I'll tell you what it means. You tried to, the Confederate flag and the Confederate army tried to make its own country outside of the United States and lost. Once they lost, that flag needs to be thrown away. Boom, you're out. So I don't understand the whole thing. So good for NASCAR uh, getting rid of a Confederate flag. And in reality, get rid of every the whole Confederate, you know, army. Or there's no army, but get rid of the whole entire ideology of a Confederate army. It makes no sense today. All right. So those are my two, you know, uh, two little rants here. Let's get to Twitter. Let's get to Twitterville, as I like to call it. First up on Twitterville today is none other than Kyrie Irving. So I saw a bunch of tweets on Kyrie today, and I was fascinated by a lot of stuff people said. So I took a bunch of favorite tweets here. Uh, I'm going to go through all five of them, and uh, we'll talk about them. Kareem Captain one on Twitter says, Kyrie's literally making calls trying to get players to not play. Laugh my ass off. Him and Katie really not trying to let Braun get another one. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter, people talking about, uh, you know, 
LeBron and Kyrie not wanting another championship, I, 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 which is always fun to bring those two together. So that's a fun little tweet. The Kid Gowie says, I understand where Kyrie Irving is coming from. The world has never been foc- this focused on racial injustice. Bringing the season back will dilute this progress. I miss the NBA as much as the next fan. But we have to keep this pressure to continue to enforce change. My only issue with this tweet by the the kid Gowdy, and thank you for that tweet, is platform, right? What's a bigger platform than the NBA and being on national TV if you want to put pressure, if you want to send a message, right? I mean, that will be broadcasted to broadcasted to millions of homes rather than be, you know, the chance that someone is looking up Kyrie's Twitter or Kyrie's Instagram or anyone else for the matter of fact's Instagram. I just feel like it's a huge platform. The NBA is where players can go and voice their opinion. Beating the bookie dot beating the bookie on Instagram says fun fact. Kyrie brings two or three escorts with him wherever he heads to the Bahamas. Chantel Jeffries was one of them, but now she's a quote end quote DJ. Now, I don't know if this is supposed to be a joke. Is this supposed to be funny? Um, I couldn't understand this. But if this is true, the only reason I bring this up, is it true he brings two or three escorts wherever he goes? I would like, I really would like to know. Adam M. Kaufman on Twitter also says, and Adam is a sports anchor at NBC Boston, so they love Kyrie over there, said, Kyrie Irving is organizing calls and advocating players don't play while he's also too injured to play. Anyhow, this is why we have Twitter, and that's so true. It's pretty hypocritical to me that it's Kyrie Irving leading this charge when Kyrie Irving is not even going to play. Think about that. Oh, I can't win the championship. Let's call everyone and uh, tell them not to play. To me, it makes no sense. Kyrie Irving, man. Even when there's no basketball going on, he finds a way to mess with chemistry. So we're going to get to a little bit more NBA here. Uh, thank you again for all those tweets. You can tweet me at Gjorjur on uh, Twitter. And you can also DM me on Instagram at Gjorjur. I will I will mention almost anything on this podcast. I really, it's basically a uh, no holding back zone. So let's get to this. Uh, Greg on G Swiss on Twitter says, "If any King players decide to Kings players decline to play, we call for Stibbs as Vince Carter as a replacement." Now, the reason I brought this one up is I know there's going to be re- ability for replacement players and all that. I wonder what the whole entire situation is. Are they going to be able to call back anyone that was in the league and their contract runs up? It's a very interesting thing. And replacement players, why? I don't know why. You know, Adam Silver and the NBA are complicating this so much. Banksy on Twitter says, Hey man, y'all got to take LeBron jersey off for 23 seconds and admit that if we are talking, 30% of the league being replacement players, and it is not the same as a regular smegler NBA title. LOL. There's more about this too. Um, where was that tweet? This one. LeBron fans will look you straight in the eyes and tell you the last four out of five finals didn't count. Then also tell you that an NBA title in an empty gym of 20 to 30% replacement players count. And this is by fuck Joe Ecote on Twitter. So I want to kind of go through both of those. Two. And honestly, guys, yes, LeBron James 
if they win, the title counts. And all last four or five titles count. But it's so funny, like Twitter, like literally people just spin the narrative their own way. So that's what makes this funny. Like you'll have the guys, the LeBron guys saying, oh, uh, this title counts more. And then if LeBron loses and they don't win the title this year or they lose in the NBA finals, say, oh, this NBA finals didn't count. In reality, they all count. And in reality, this one would count. And in reality, a championship would count. And I and I just hate that, that you're going to spin the narrative and fans are always going to spin the narrative in a weird way that doesn't make any sense. And it's just, it, it, it is bullshit and I'm actually kind of tired of it. All right, so with LeBron James, and, and, and I'm, I'm sorry to do this, and I actually have some strong opinions here, and I, I'm going to kind of side a little bit more with LeBron here than uh, what I usually do. But uh, we got Joshua Wong CF on Twitter, who is the leader of the Hong Kong protesters, saying, defending democracy is vital, but at King James only talks loud in the United States. On China, not only is he silent, he actively shuts others up. He called Daryl Morey misinformed and not really educated for supporting Hong Kong. All he cares about is money and not human rights. He's hypocritical. More people. This is Zhang. I am special on Twitter. He made fun of him. Kind. Someone made fun of him. And he said, doesn't LeBron like to speak out on human rights issues? Not that he... Now that the human rights of Hong Kong people are undermined, would LeBron give solidarity? If not, then his solidarity with the black community is bullshit. He's a clown with money in his eyes. And we got more on LeBron. Um, Bella Choney said that LaFraud James and put up an article about the activists that, that called him out. Edward Pena, Ed the Mythical saying, I've been saying LeBron is a joke and phony for a long time. I'm glad the world is waking up to selective outrage. He doesn't care about anyone but him, and he only does things that will make his quote-unquote brand look good. And I think we got a couple more on LeBron here. People were going off on LeBron. Peruvian881 says, Looks like he cares more about what happens to his people. Should I start asking China where his support for Black Lives Matters? We also got the Amazonian... I can't pronounce that because it's not really spelled like Amazon says. This could easily be applied to you as well. He doesn't live in Hong Kong, and these issues aren't as integral into his psyche as it is as yours. I'm pretty sure there are other areas of human rights you are not sufficiently covered. It's not because you don't care about humanity. And lastly, Ken put up, I'm going to put these in the article. This I put up all the tweets in the article, but a bunch of like, you know, make it cartoons making fun of LeBron. And I think I want to kind of highlight that tweet about the Hong Kong protesters aren't also protesting for Black Lives Matter. Like LeBron James' psyche is not in Hong Kong. LeBron James goes to China. And LeBron James, when he goes to China, what happens there? They praise him. They treat him well. They worship him. So you really think LeBron James knows the plight of the Hong Kong protesters, really knows what's going on in Hong Kong? Nah, he's more concerned about what's going on here. So for it him to be called like, oh, he doesn't care about human rights or and all that, well, no, he does. But he doesn't know anything about China. And nor do I expect him to know anything about China. Nor do I expect him to really get, you know, 
completely intertwined in China. So for us to sit here and call LeBron James out, oh, uh, LeBron, you didn't call talk about China. Like, what is he supposed to talk about every human right like thing that goes bad? Like, I'm Syrian. I I, I lived in. I grew up in. I grew up. I was born in Syria. I don't sit here and be like, LeBron, where's your tweet about Syria? LeBron, where's your tweet about Kenya? LeBron, where's your tweet about Sudan? No, he knows the United States. He is pretty involved in what's going on here in the United States with Black Lives Matter. And I'm not going to call him out for what he says about China, Vietnam, unless we were at war with Vietnam and then that's a different story like Muhammad Ali. But in this case, no, you can't call LeBron out. Just like that one tweet said, and I, I'm trying to remember if that was, I think that was Ed the Mythical or the Peruvian 881. He said it pretty right. I don't see the Hong Kong protesters also, you know, being passionate about Black Lives Matter. And nor should they. Let's get a little bit, a couple more here. I'm going to save NASCAR to last. Um... Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball still can't get their shit together. I just kind of want to mention that real quickly here. We got three tweets pretty quick. Um, Bellinger's World, this one I really liked, said, Rob Manfred's entire time as an MLB commissioner, and it has a graphic of the famous Tony Snell game where he played 28 minutes, had no points, no rebounds, no blocks, no assists, and no steals. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Yankee Port 28 on Twitter said, Rob Manfred destroyed the game of baseball. There is no argument. And Cincy Red Talk said, Rob Manfred and the owners are failing baseball right now. All other major sports have a plan to return. Baseball is nothing. This is going to deeply damage the sport. And I have to completely agree here. This is going to deeply damage the sport of baseball. You're going to have so many people hating on baseball, so many people hating on the fact that baseball isn't going to play during a global pandemic. And when we have, you know, the uh, maybe one of the worst uh, economies in history of the United States and the highest rate of unemployment is going when things are going bad. The last thing you want to see is millionaires fighting billionaires. And that's exactly what's happening right now. And it's not a good look for Major League Baseball. And if the NBA decides not to play, it's not a good look for the NBA. Overall, both of these um, leagues need to get their shit together. Now to Colin Kaepernick tweets. And yesterday, uh, Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll says he regrets not signing Colin Kaepernick. Great. And now um, people are saying, oh, uh, he should sign him now. And now then, oh, go sign him now. Well, two things here of Colin Kaepernick, right? Colin Kaepernick has not played football in five years. Now, do I? Sure, give him a tryout. Someone give him a tryout. And if he's good enough, more power to him. I'd love to see him on an NFL roster if he is good enough. But if he's not good enough, I'm, I don't think anyone deserves a job where you make three to four million dollars a year just for because it's good for PR. I'm not into that. So I want to go through some of these tweets. Uh, Evan in Seattle says signing Kaepernick is an objectively objectively good idea. And if the Seahawks don't do it, they are stupid. One, if he ends up being really good, you can trade him for draft capital. Two, no one wants to sign him. He has no leverage. Will come cheap. Three, he'd be the best backup in the NFL. Um, first of all, Evan, I, and I, I actually kind of, Evan tweets some really good things, but this tweet is really stupid. Like, uh, I, I like Evan, but this is a bad tweet because if the Seahawks don't do it, they are stupid. They're not stupid, man. And you see, you have a lot of like 
by the way, Evan in Seattle, go give him a follow if you like Seattle sports and especially Seahawks because he usually tweets really good stuff. But I could not disagree more with this one. Like it says here again, I'm, I'm going to put this one, I'll put it on my screen later today. It says Seahawks signing Kaepernick is an objectively good idea. And if the Seahawks don't do it, they are stupid. One, he ends up being really good. You can trade him for draft capital. Two, no one wants to sign him. He has no leverage, will come cheap. Three, he'd be the best backup in the NFL. So here's the problem with Evan in SEA, Evan in Seattle's tweet. He has three major components of a problem here on this. Four, actually. One, if the Seahawks don't do it, they're stupid. You really going to call Rob, uh, Rob Schneider, um, John Schneider and Pete Carroll stupid? Have you seen their track record? Let me tell you, they ain't stupid. Two, if he ends up really good, you can trade him for draft capital. How are you going to find out if he's really good? When you have Russell Wilson in front of him, you're not going to find out if he's any good. He's going to be a backup at best. Two, no one wants to sign him. He has no leverage. will come cheap. You got to remember, he did decline an $8 million, I think, or $7 million contract with the Broncos before he was blackballed from the league or blackballed from the league. Three, he'd be the best backup in the NFL. Hardly. He wouldn't even be that good of a backup when you don't play football for five years. I'd love to see Colin Kaepernick get a job somewhere. But I don't want to be the team that gives it to him for no just because we gave it to him. Once again, evidence Seattle said if the Seahawks don't do it, they are stupid. You can't call John Schneider and Pete Carroll stupid with our track record with them here in Seattle. He said if he ends up being really good, you can trade him for draft capital. We're not going to find out if he's in Seattle, if he's any good, because he's going to be backing up Russell Wilson. He won't even step on the field. Two, no one wants to sign him. He has no leverage, will come cheap. The guy's already declined huge contract offers in the past. He will do it again. Three, he'd be the best backup in the NFL. Colin Kaepernick would not be the best backup in the NFL because he hasn't played football in five years. Geno Smith right now is better than Colin Kaepernick, and that's a fact. Whether you like it or not, it's a fact. So that tweet I had to really go off on. Mike M. Benkin says, if a sooner Pete Carroll shuts up about Colin Kaepernick, the better. If you have a chance to sign a player who is clearly a starter in the league, you do it. You don't go out and sign Austin Davis to be your backup instead. Stop putting your foot further down your mouth. And Mike Kennedy's right. If if Colin, if he really thought that Kaepernick was a starter in this league, he would have signed him and put him in the backup position, not Austin Davis. With Love, really on Twitter says, it's time to sign Kaepernick. I'm with Cap about the Seahawks. No, it's not time. I'm sorry to say it. it's not time for the Seahawks to start Kaepernick. Now, if you're a team and you want to go sign him, I'm all for it. Give him trial. Maybe he's good enough to be on a team. But the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson and Geno Smith at backup, I don't think we need Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Sleepless, Sleepless Ernie says, you're just your daily reminder that Colin Kaepernick turned down $7 million per season with the Broncos. Don't act like nobody wanted to sign him. Very true tweet. And Ronald's margin said, yeah, uh-huh, whatever. Sign him now. Seahawks about Kaepernick. Uh, I don't think we're going to sign him now because we don't need him. We don't need the guy. Um, now, if a team needs him, go right ahead. Sign him. Go for it. But I don't think the Seahawks need him. Last but not least, and this is, my, this is, this is the one I'm probably a little more passionate about today than the rest, and that's NASCAR and the Confederate flag. And I think it's absolutely hilarious that 
NASCAR fans and and NASCAR supporters are so hell bent on keeping the Confederate flag, and they're so uh, upset about the Confederate flag. Like, dude, the Confederate flag is a is representing an army that lost the Civil War, that wanted to get out of the United States and make its own independent nation because it didn't like the United States. And then all these guys who are pretending to be patriots, I'm a patriot. Keep the Confederate flag. Uh, they lost the war. They're trying to leave the United States. What are you talking about? To me, it makes no sense. And a lot of people are like, oh, then you have people saying, oh, it's not racist. It does, I, we don't mean it like that. We're just honoring our grandfathers. Well, you know what? Your grandfathers probably were racist, and that was the representation of being racist. So let's kind of get rid of that. I, I, I don't get it. I really don't. I'm not going to pretend to get it. I haven't read about it. I know it means a lot more than just, hey, racism. But it doesn't matter. Today, a lot of people take it the wrong way. And they lost the war. Sorry, Confederates or whatever you call them. They call themselves. You guys lost. You got your ass handed to you in the Civil War. Think about that for a second. What we are arguing about here. I'm going to go through the tweets and then I'll, 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 that'll be my closing remarks. Taylor and Barber says, when Ad Nascar owns you out of your own existence, uh, Ray Sorelli says, I'd like to announce I'm retiring from NASCAR after this season. I cannot drive a car for a lead that won't allow my special flag. Oh, your special flag. NASCAR actually replied to him and said, we actually had to Google who you were. I'm sure your dozen of fans are real sad about your crusade to defend precipita precipitation trophies. <laughs> That's so funny. Another tweet I had got deleted. Deacon Blue Zero said, NASCAR driver Ray Cirelli has quit because he can't display the Confederate flag. He and the Confederacy actually have something in common. Zero wins. Thank you. Uh, Jesse Reyes says, like, what dude? LOL, LOL, LOL. I don't even watch NASCAR. Hasta la vista, baby. Bye, bye, boo. I never read that out loud. And that's about Ray Sarali not wanting to drive anymore because he can't put his Confederate flag. And Elsie Stoddard put just to remind NASCAR jabronis, and she put a you know a page out of a book here, and I'm going to read it from Earnhardt Nation. And um, it says Earnhardt's reasoning was straightforward. He'd been able to climb up from poverty with his own hands. Why couldn't anyone else? And this is about Dale Earnhardt Sr., not Jr. On other matters, though, Earnhardt could surprise. The Confederate battle flag remains an icon in NASCAR infields, second only to Earnhardt's number three. But Earnhardt himself was no fan of the symbol. There's a bumper sticker out there still on sale at just about every truck stop in South America. And South America means like South United States, not in like Peru. By Burfitt Reed, Southern by the Grace of God, usually with a rebel flag alongside. One day, Earnhardt slapped one of these stickers onto a bumper of one of his trucks. He didn't think any more of it until his housekeeper, an African-American woman beloved by Junior and Kelly, mentioned that the flag's implications made her uncomfortable. Earnhardt immediately located a knife, strode out to his truck, and sliced off the rebel flag. The motto remained, the flag itself was trashed. He didn't want to offend anyone or make anyone mad in that matter, said Kelly, telling the story on her Fastlane Family podcast. He had a good heart. Years later, Junior would take a similar stand, though. Like his father, he was initially careful not to speak out loud. The rebel flag represents close-minded racist views that have no place in today's societies, he wrote in his 2002 memoir. 
He followed that up with an even stronger denunciation in 2015 following a racially motivated mass shooting in Charleston, calling the flag offensive to an entire race. Jr. said that the Confederate battle flag belongs in the history books, and that's about it. The Earnhardt stance against a Confederate flag puts NASCAR fans on the defense. The Confederate flag, and more specifically the spirit of rebellion, is embodied in the mind of its supporters, decorated and defined NASCAR infields from the moment the first engine fires. Junior stands forced NASCAR's hardcore southern base to choose between two icons. So that's about it. Now, once again, I'm, I'm going to just say what's important here to me, at least. The Confederate flag belongs only in history books. That's all it is. It's part of history. It's a part of history that was very ugly in this nation. It was dirty. And they lost. The Confederate Army lost. So for all those people holding on to the Confederate flag... I know a lot of people say it means a lot more than racism. I don't care what you think it means. To a lot of people, it's offensive. And second of all, you lost the war. I come from a country, Syria, where you know they've been rebels before holding their own flags. And there's a flag. If they lose, the government's not like, hey, here you go. Keep your flag. No, they get rid of it. And unfortunately, that's what happens here with the, with the Confederate flag for them. Not unfortunate for people who don't like the Confederate flag, but for them, it's unfortunate probably. But let me just repeat that one more time for you guys here today. So Ray Sorelli says he's retiring from NASCAR because he can't fly the Confederate flag. And as I said, the Confederate flag only belongs in history books. Finito. Get it out of here. It's offensive to a large group of people. And the big thing here is the Confederate Army lost. Losers. Just like Grace Lorelli. Zero wins. Get it out of here. Like, I don't know this infatuation with it. You lost the war. Put away that flag. It's out. Losers. That flag represents rebels against this country. And a lot, it's funny and ironic that a lot of people holding the Confederate flag and wanting the Confederate flag say, oh, we're real Americans. We love America. To represent a flag that tried to get out of the United States and oppresses a lot of people. It makes a lot of people who live in the United States feel uncomfortable. It makes no sense to me. I'm glad NASCAR took the right route and got rid of it. And that's all for today, folks. I know it's been a long one. Uh, thank you for listening. I'll tag all y'all on Twitter. And um, today's Friday. Um, listen to me and my brother, the That Being Said podcast as well. We have a really fun one yesterday. We redrafted the NBA. And as always, have a fun, safe, and fulfilling weekend. Um, a lot of countries reopening up, so I hope you guys get to enjoy something. It's getting to be nicer weather in parts of a country, too. All right, have a great day, and always rate, subscribe, and give this five stars. This is the Just Talk Pod, brought to you by the Sports on Tap Network, and this is Sports Radio Redefined. Oh, thank you.